This is Richard Carafel from Agility PR Solutions. Welcome to PR Profiles. It's a video series and podcast where we chat with experts in PR and communications. Now we think PR is the most formidable, dynamic, and rewarding field there is. And we want to introduce you to some of our favorite powerhouses in the industry. Today we're speaking with Brian Hart. He's the founder and president of Flackable in Philadelphia. Hey, Brian, how's it going? Richard, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for joining. Uh, so tell us just a little bit about yourself and Flackable. Sure. Yeah. So um, I founded Flackable about eight years ago. We are a public relations agency. We're headquartered in Philadelphia, but we serve a national client base and we're mainly focused on financial and professional services firms. We work with a lot of small businesses and we also work with a lot of, you know, let's say lower middle market companies as well that are looking to get to the next level. Um, we specialize in media relations, um, and a lot of our efforts are driven towards establishing credibility for our clients and then working with them to build in ways to leverage that credibility. That's what we're about, and that's what we've always been about. Now, beyond public relations, we do have some ancillary services. We do a lot of content development that goes hand in hand with our media relations efforts. Um, we do an award strategy for clients. We do, we do a speaker circuit strategy for our clients. Um, and then we also offer digital strategy consulting and credibility marketing consulting. All right, excellent. Thanks, Brian. Now you've got a pretty impressive list of achievements uh, and accomplishments uh, and recognitions over the years, including a silver in the 2021 Bulldog Awards for PR star under 40, yep. And a top 100 winner in PR News' 2020 Agency Elite uh, just to name a couple, uh, you founded Flackable in 2014, like you said, and uh, you're offering clients what you're calling credibility marketing, as you mentioned, uh, as a service. So tell us a little bit more about what credibility marketing is. Yeah, so credibility marketing is the process of earning and leveraging third-party credibility. Now, when we talk about earning third-party credibility, that goes back to media relations. That's getting our clients quoted in places like the Wall Street Journal, getting them on CNBC, um, getting them features in their local business journals, getting them that credibility factor that they can't do through pure marketing alone. You know, that credibility factor that takes third-party validation through positive media coverage. So that's the earning part of it. And that's our bread and butter. Now, that's not the complete, you know, end game here. I mean, we look at great media coverage as a means to a greater end that fully integrates into their marketing strategies. So that's where credibility marketing comes in. So we not only get them good media coverage, but we work with them to help them leverage it and build systems and processes, weave them right into the marketing verticals that they already have established or help them build out new marketing verticals to make sure they are fully leveraging all of the great press that we drive for them. So that's, that is our whole approach to credibility marketing. That's really interesting and a really good approach, I think. Uh, credibility is such a, uh, an important uh, metric, you could almost say, uh, these days. Uh, terrific. Thanks, Brian. Now, now, what did your aha moment look like when you decided to make credibility marketing a real focus of your agency? And what results have you seen come from it? Yeah, I mean, this has been at the core of what we do from the very beginning when I founded Flackable. 
Um, what I saw going on, you know, out there in the landscape, you know, when I did found Placable was that a lot of these small growing financial services practices um, didn't have a lot of great options when it came to a PR agency. Um, there were media relations specialists out there that focused on wealth management firms, which is a big focus of ours. But they didn't really go beyond that. They would give them good press and then they'd move on to the next press hit. And when I looked at what these small growing financial practices needed, they needed another piece to that. They needed more than, than just the press because oftentimes they didn't know what to do with the press when they had it. You know, a lot of, and, and for bigger companies who have, you know, you know, real trained marketing managers on their staff, they know what to do with it oftentimes. But when you've got a small practice where you've got a head of business development doubling as, as the head of marketing, even though they're not formally trained in marketing, or when you have an admin assistant who's also tasked with managing email and, man and managing social media because they don't have that pure marketing person on their team, they need help. You can't just give them press and expect them to know what to do with it. It doesn't work like that with these growing practices. They need more than just the, the press part of it because press alone is just publicity. And that's not what these, these small companies are investing in. Nobody comes to me looking for publicity. They come to me looking to, to translate you know, that level of credibility into real tangible business goals like increasing their sales, boosting their recruiting efforts, which is a big deal right now for a lot of businesses, um, to help them with whatever M&A strategies they're pursuing at the time, help them attract investors. You know, they, the press alone rarely accomplishes that. There's gotta be a full system in place to make sure you're maximizing that press and gearing it towards those end goals. So that's our that's our solution. I mean, that was the aha moment. I was like, why is nobody focusing on this? To me, it was so obvious. Now, this goes back to the beginning of my career because I did start off in, in, in a sales background. So, you know, I, I naturally, when I look at press, I'm like, this is awesome. We need to leverage this. A lot of people don't think that way. So that's the philosophy. And that's the, the drum that I have been banging for the you know, the past decade nearly. That's really interesting, Brian. Uh, thank you for going through that. Uh, and it's a really uh, unique and uh, I bet it's a very serviceable approach. Uh, very cool. So um, so tell us a little bit about how you got started. You mentioned your sales background and how that helped you uh, build such a successful agency. Yeah, so my whole career has been financial communications. Uh, so this goes back to, to college. So my senior year, I was looking for an internship and I found a paid one at a, a, a you know large financial public relations agency. So I was like, this is perfect. I don't know a lot about finance, but it's paid. You know, the company looks legit. Um, let's give it a try. And when I got in there, I that's when I really fell in love with financial services, public relations, because what I realized when I was working there is that when, you, when you're representing a lot of these growing financial practices and professional services too, this certainly does cross over into that. Um, it's not so much pumping out press releases, promoting products, promoting events. With these, with these campaigns, we're promoting people and ideas. And that's a cool, cool type of PR to do. So that's when I really fell in love with it. Now, when I graduated um, and went out to go find myself a job, 
the job market wasn't that good. I, I am envious of, of some of these new grads today um, who are getting signing bonuses and, and everything else for their first PR jobs. I couldn't even get an interview when I graduated you know, from any, any PR position, you know, let alone an offer. Um, so I ended up, you know, I got to a point where I just needed a job. So uh, I leveraged that financial PR experience to get a financial sales position. Um, and I ended up starting my career in the boiler room with this small financial services practice right here outside of Philadelphia, making 100, 150 cold calls a day. And let me tell you something, if you've never been in that cold calling position, you learn a lot about people, you learn a lot about yourself. <laughs> um, and, and for me, I learned a lot about the business goals of these small financial services practices. So that experience that I got, it wasn't my ideal scenario. It wasn't what I envisioned. I wanted to go right into PR. It, the opportunity wasn't there. So, um, you know, I made lemonade and, and, and found, you know, and this was a great firm, by the way. I learned so much from these guys and they're actually a client of mine today. Um, <laughs> um, you know, my first job out of college. Um, but, um, but you know, I, I I I got so much great insight into the sales goals and the marketing mechanisms and just the internal structure of these small growing financial services practices. I learned how to speak their language in a way that that other PR professionals sometimes struggle to do. I can level with these guys. I because I do speak their language. Um so from there, I actually turned that sales position into a PR position. I just started doing PR for them. I didn't ask for anybody's permission. Nobody asked me to do it. I just took over their social media, started blogging for them, building media lists on my off hours so I could come back and do some pitching. And, and when management caught up to what I was doing, they were like, Brian, we like this. Keep doing it. Um, so I, I took a non-PR position and turned it into a, P, a hybrid PR position um, because that's what I had to do because the, the PR opportunities just weren't that you know prominent back then. There, there, there weren't a lot out there. Um, so eventually I built myself a nice PR portfolio from, from the work that I was doing there. And I leveraged that to go up to a, a big PR agency in uh, New Jersey and New York which was a financial services PR agency. Um, and there I got to represent a number of large national financial brands, um, which was a, a great experience. It's a big agency working with big brands. Um, and then that's where I really took off. And I accelerated and started climbing my way up the ladder very quickly there. I mean, gosh, six months in, I felt like I had my hand in every aspect of the business. I mean, I wasn't just managing PR campaigns. I was on their marketing committee. I was building out a digital offering for them, literally creating it myself. Um, I helped them pick out health plans. Um, like, yeah, this was a big shop. And I felt like I had my hand in every aspect of the business. And I was like, you know what? I think someday I could probably do this myself. Now, I started working on a business plan because I did have this vision for a practice catering to these growing 
financial practices because I saw the need in the marketplace and it just wasn't there. I wasn't satisfied with what existed in the marketplace. I thought it was such a missed opportunity that I could capitalize on. So I started building this business plan thinking I was I was at least a year or so away from actually pursuing it. Um, but, um, after I was sitting on that business plan for several months, uh, I got a LinkedIn message, um, from a, um, wealth management firm out in Los Angeles. And I had just written an article on LinkedIn about earning third-party credibility and why it's important for financial practices. They read it. They loved it. They were like, Brian, we completely agree with this approach. This is what we've been looking for. And they had worked with a PR agency prior to hiring me, and they were getting them good press. It's just that the press that they were getting wasn't translating into any meaningful growth because they didn't have the systems in place to leverage it. So when they read my article on LinkedIn, it was a breath of fresh air. They were like, this guy gets it. So I wasn't actively looking for clients, but they came to me, found me on LinkedIn, and I said, well, guys, I've been sitting on this business plan for, you know, for, for a few months now. You know, this might be a great fit. Uh, within a week, um, they said, Brian, we're ready to move forward. What's the next step? I said, let me go quit my job in the morning and I'll send over a contract. And that's what I did. And that's how Flackable started. That is a really cool story. I love that. Uh, um, that... Uh, that's, that's a real rags to riches kind of story uh, for, a, for a PR pro. Very cool. All right. So um, we all know that bootstrapping a PR agency from the ground up is certainly not without its challenges uh, and bumps in the road. But what were the key ones that you encountered and what lessons did you learn from it that, that kind of stuck with you? Yeah. So when I launched Flackable, um, I didn't know how to run a business. It's so funny that the first question that I that I got from everybody when I started Flackable, and even to this day, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs, they're like, how did you know how to start a business? I tell them I didn't. I had no idea how to start a business. I watched YouTube videos and Googled a lot of stuff um, and called every business owner I knew to just soak up as much information from them as possible. But when I started this business, I mean, I made that decision within a week. I wasn't ready. I didn't do a whole lot of preparation. I was learning on the fly. Um, and, and, you know, in some ways it, it, it hurt me a little bit in the beginning. I took some bumps and bruises in some ways. It was the best way I could have approached it because if I knew what I was getting myself into, I might've, <laughs> I might've done things differently. So sometimes it's good to just jump in, dive in, um, you know, rather than dipping your toes in the water. Uh, so that's what I did. I dove in. Um, yeah, I call it jumping off the cliff. I mean, once you jump, you're, 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 you're just flying. Um, so, um, as far as getting started, one of the big things that I encountered and the biggest change was when I hired my first full-time employee. So, and I did that 10 months in, um, you know, I started off with that one account, that one account very quickly became six. And, and, you know, as, as I had seven and eight lined up, I was like, I need help. Um, so I hired an employee. I didn't, again, I watched YouTube videos. I didn't know how to do any of that. Um, so, uh, I researched, got help, found the candidate. I liked, hired her two months later. I hired my second because business was still coming in 
and 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 we've been rolling ever since. Um, when you do hire your first employee, for anybody who's thinking about kind of following a path that I did or finding your own path to entrepreneurship in this field, know that when you hire W two employees, it changes everything. It changes everything. Going from work managing accounts at an agency to managing accounts independently, that's not that big of a change. That's easy. When you start hiring staff, yeah, uh, it's going to rock your world a little bit. It's going to change things. Um, so you take your bruises, you, you know, you learn and, and, and you keep getting better. Um, so, you know, that's what I've done, you know, as I built out the team and, and you know, as we, we continue to grow our practice, grow our brand and, and, and just, you know, continue to preach credibility marketing. Um, we, we do try new things. Um, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Um, but I think the most dangerous thing an entrepreneur can do is be comfortable stagnating. Because if you're staying in place, you are falling behind. Because there's people like me out there that aren't stagnating, that are going to keep testing things. And we're going to keep coming for you and try to outpace you. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, that's, that's an interesting uh, story and a Obviously, a very successful approach. Congratulations on making all that happen for yourself. Now, did you have any favorite tips you want to share with businesses who who want to take ownership of their reputation and credibility? Is there an area that you think more businesses should focus on? Yeah, there definitely is. Um, I mean, earned media is is certainly a big deal. Um, when we're talking about small businesses, some can do it on their own. I don't know a lot who do it very successfully on their own because typically when they take the DIY approach, the press is very inconsistent. So it's very difficult to implement a credibility marketing campaign if your press coverage is sporadic. You can't run a monthly in the news newsletter, for example, if you're only getting press, you know, if you're getting, you know, five placements one month and then you, know, you go four months without. You can't build any consistency. So credibility marketing falls apart if there's no consistency behind it. Um, so that's one thing. If you look at your own internal capabilities and just where your resources are best spent um, and you don't think you can do it consistently or, or effectively on your own, then that's when you wanna to talk to a consultant, a freelancer, an agency like mine, somebody who specializes in this, who's gonna really be able to drive that steady flow of impactful quality press. So that's the first step. Look at what you're able to do and what you're not able to do. And you know, again, um, there are great outsourced solutions if you do not have the capabilities internally. Um, I think another thing to pay attention to is an award strategy. Beyond that earned media, awards can be game changers. You know, when you go back to my story, I mean, probably the biggest thing that happened for me is that, you know, right out of the gates is that within a year of me launching Flackable, um, I was included in, um, you know, Adweek's uh, PR Newser. Um, they did a um, 30 under 30 list, um, my first year in business, and I made it. And I, I think the guy just liked the name Flackable and, and it put me mm -hmm. on the list. Um, but being able to put that level of credibility behind my brand new brand, you know, this new agency, nobody heard of with a funny name, um, being able to put, you know, that ad week credibility behind it really helped us grow and accelerate, you know, once that happened. 
That's cool. That's great. And excellent takeaways and good advice. Uh, thanks, Brian. So, so let me ask you this. What is the biggest mistake that a PR pro can make? Yeah. Um, you know, similar to what I said about companies, you know, where stagnation is your enemy, um, with PR pros, complacency. When you get comfortable, when you get into a campaign, I don't care if you're working in-house, you're working in an agency setting or some other form of PR. If you're getting complacent with a brand that you're representing, you are doing them a disservice. Okay, you need to be passionate about their mission. You need to be hungry to push things to the next level. As soon as you're just comfortable going to the same publications with the same message and, and, and just regurgitating that over and over again, you're doing them a major disservice. And that's something I preach to my team. Um, you know, we, we wanna continue to build, you know, and, and, and leverage each placement to hit the new high. And we have to keep, continue to, go, to climb our way up the mountain. There's no peak to the mountain. There's no limit to any campaign with how far you can go. Um, so you got to be passionate about the message. I mean, you've got to be the big advocate for it. You got to know what you're fighting for. You got to know what the brand is fighting for, and you better be out there fighting for it too. So that's it. Do not get complacent. Don't ever get complacent with the brand or, 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 or just remove yourself from the team because you're doing them a disservice at that point. Right. That's terrific advice. Um, yeah, you got to, like you said before, you, if you're not moving forward, you're losing ground. So you got to keep moving. Uh, terrific. Thank you. And uh, so what advice then would you give to PR students or industry newcomers? Yeah, well, it's a great time to get into the field um, because it's I, I mean, opportunities are out there. Um, and it's a window where you know, we don't know how long this PR job climate is, is going to last. So if you're looking to break into PR, now's the time to do it. Um, if you're a talented writer and a strong communicator and a passionate storyteller and you want to get into PR, there are opportunities out there. We are looking for people who fit those characteristics. Um, so get yourself out there. You know, if you're a student, um, get your internships. Make sure that you're qualifying yourself for these positions. When you get those qualifications and, and polish up your soft skills, there's gonna be opportunity out there for you. Another thing I'll say specifically to students is they need to understand that entry levels aren't so entry anymore because we have technology and automation now that are taking care of a lot of the grunt work that entry level employees would have typically done in the past. So now, whether you're in-house or, or in an agency setting, I mean, you are going to be you know, facing the media sooner rather than later. So we expect you to, to be able to, to interact with them professionally, to understand what you're doing, to understand the news media landscape, and to be able to pick up a phone and have an intelligent conversation. Um, and, and picking up a phone is a terrifying thing. When, when, when you ask certain college students that right now, they're not used to it. They text, they, they, they DM. Um, no, you're gonna have to learn how to pick up the phone um, because if you're in an agency setting, that's how your clients are gonna wanna communicate. A lot of these producers who are running around, that's gonna be the best way to contact them. Um, you have to be a professional email communicator. You've got to be confident too. And in an agency setting, you're also going to be client facing sooner rather than later. Um, 
because that busy work that that used to be there, you know, a decade or so ago just doesn't exist. We we have outsourced solutions and technology that takes care of all of that. You know, my agency, I built a, a proprietary platform where we don't do any manual reporting. We have completely automated the reporting process. Whereas that would have typically fallen on entry-level employees, right? To put together those monthly reports. That's all automated now. We don't, we don't need somebody to do that. We need true professional communicators who can be client-facing and media-facing. So if you're a PR student right now, brush up on those soft skills because, again, that entry-level position is not so entry. Wow, thanks, Brian. That's a real interesting outlook and uh, uh, quite a picture, uh, uh, look around the corner of, uh, of the industry in the future if not the world. So thanks for sharing that. Very interesting. And so finally, how can people connect with you over at Flackable? Yeah, definitely check out our website, flackable.com. Um, I tweet a lot, uh, Brian Hart PR. Um, you can check out our YouTube channel. Uh, just look up Flackable on YouTube. Um, and, and if you want to shoot us an email, um, info at flackable.com. And, and we'll make sure that email gets to the right person. All right. Fantastic. Thanks, Brian. Okay. That's all the time we have uh, today. And again, we've been chatting with Brian Hart. He's the founder and president of Flackable in Philadelphia. Thanks for joining us today, Brian. Richard, my pleasure. All right. We hope you enjoyed this episode of PR Profiles brought to you by Agility PR Solutions. And we've got some exciting news for you over at Agility and Bulldog Reporter this month because we're re-releasing -re one of our most popular sessions from our 2021 Earn Media Mastery Virtual Summit for free for a limited time. From December 13th to the 17th, you'll be able to watch Reimagining PR Measurement, How to Measure What Matters with Katie Payne, the CEO and founder of Payne Publishing. In this session, Katie will break down the seven elements she sees individuals and brands honoring now and in the future share the six steps you can replicate for best in-class measurement practices, and explain her key rules for always keeping measurement in your budget. You can head over to agilitypr.com webinar to register for this session. So thanks again for tuning into this episode and my thanks to Brian Hart. I'm Richard Carafell at Bulldog Reporter. Look forward to seeing you at our next episode. Mm -hmm.